shout out to all the good fathers out there. Welcome back to the show, Good Fathers. I'm your host, one of your hosts, um, filling in right now. Uh, happy to to be here. Happy to be checking in. It is Monday, June twelfth, officially. Um, summer has started for most of us uh, already. So if you're in it, and the kids are just know it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's kind of what I wanted to jump on here and talk about real quick. Cause I've been messing around with this idea of radical acceptance and you've probably, you've probably a lot. You've probably heard that a lot in the pseudo spiritual circles. Um, you know, it's very stoic principle of you know radical acceptance accept what you cannot change radically get there sooner get there faster than it makes sense to because you know that there's nothing you can do to change it so you kind of look at situations kind of like a chess player it's like okay they're going to take my rook nothing i can do about that but i need to make these moves over here with things that i can affect and can kind of position myself um to do and with you know obviously with our son's diagnosis um this has been on the forefront of my mind along with a bunch of other philosophies that i'm trying to kind of mine see what works see what fits for me um you know, use what I can, lose what I can't. Uh, Buddhism, you know, a lot of people have quoted the Buddha to me, and I'm not against Buddhism. I think there's a lot of beautiful truths in Buddhism, you know, releasing um, the individual and becoming the collective. But, you know, then you look at things like this diagnosis, and it's like, is this just the suffering that is inevitable for humanity. There's not a lot of miracle in it. And that's, I think, what brings me back to the mystical, you know, the Kabbalah or the Gnostic mystics is that that wink of the divine. And, you know, it gets murky. It gets troubling when people are like, well, then why do bad things, you know, blah, blah, blah. Bad things happen because bad things fucking happen. I mean, there's there's a physics explanation to it. You know, there's a scientific explanation to everything if we are techno technologically advanced enough to understand it. So in a hundred years, we might look back and say, you know, epilepsy was a uh, a parasite <clears throat> in the stomach. 
And it would make sense. You know, a lot of Chinese medicine believes that. And it would make sense to me because diet affects seizures uh, and carbohydrates affect seizures. And it's kind of adjacent to ADHD and all these other things. So your gut is your second mind. So let me use this as a commercial. If you grew up in a Christian, you know, evangelical community, you probably heard a lot of times, you know, let no man tell you what you should eat or should drink. And gluttons kind of use that as a cop out to go to fucking Cracker Barrel and bust their belt after Sunday service when they talk about how unchristian homosexuality is, which is kind of not kind of it's very hypocritical. Um, But I will say this. I'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't eat. I am saying that at 45 years old, how you treat your body is hugely hugely proportionate to how your body treats you. And unfortunately for myself and many, many people my age, we were never taught the value of nutrition. Nutrition was whoever had the brightest fonts, whoever had the boldest flavors. Um, You know, it was what the $5 could get you on the dollar menu, which was all dog shit and horse food. Um, So now that we're getting a little older, if you're still eating like that, this is your, this is your sign to cut that shit out. Um, Because it, you don't miss it, honestly, like the shit that I thought was delicious at 19, 20 years old. Now it's so saccharine and such garbage. And maybe that's because everything got switched to high fructose corn syrup instead of real sugar. But that's another conversation for another time. But no, so radical acceptance. Let's get back to it. So, you know, we're at a point now in in my son's journey where medicine is questionable to work. So the, the, the way they categorize it is if he's fully medicated on max doses or, clo- you know, large enough doses and he's still having breakthrough seizures, then the medicine didn't work. Um, so it's kind of, you know, six months into it, it's kind of looking like medicine alone doesn't protect him, especially if he's getting sick, he had an ear infection. And I think one Saturday he had upwards of like 25 seizures. That was last weekend. Um, so that gets you to a point where it's like you move from oh, maybe this will be the thing where he'll never have a seizure again to radical acceptance, like he's going to have seizures. We have a plan. We can try to mitigate risks with not doing extreme shit. I will say he had his first um, sidewalk seizure where he just went face first into the ground and you know busted him up in the face and he was bleeding. And uh, if you saw any pictures on social media of like the last day of school, that's what's on, that's what's going on under his nose is um, my buddy. I was talking to him on the phone today and he was like, you know, you got to tell him to clean up that party last day of school. He was getting into the bag, Um, but not the case, not that he's opposed to it. You know, he's a partier. He's, if he had to pick a Ninja turtle, he would say he's Michelangelo. Well, that's not true. He would say I'm Michelangelo, which is 
real talk and he would say he's leonardo because he's the leader of everything he's all-time leader he's one of those kids but this radical acceptance you know it's the difference between you take the power away from the externals right you say not if he's going to have a seizure but when what can i control what can i do i can make sure that he's in a safe position I can stay close to him. I can closely monitor him. We can, you know, stay homebound until we can get things under control. If God for, you know, God willing, rather, uh, we can get things under control. You know, this is no price to pay for me. This is, this is just what needs to be done. The radical acceptance of that is like, I'm not missing out on quote unquote, Chicago summertime shy. This is simply a detour in our journey. This is not the summer we were anticipating having. I'll tell you that much. And we mourn and grieve the summer that we wanted to have. But the radical acceptance is that this is where we're at and this is what we're doing. And we have to show up for it every single fucking day, even though we're hopeful that the miraculous can happen but we understand too that we you know we live in a world that the science isn't quite there to explain it yet which is a miracle in and of itself i mean modern science is a miracle a lot of people look at those things as juxtapositions and and i think you know western medicine is is very can be nefarious you know it can be treating symptoms for for money and usually is but i truly believe that the team at lurie's um all the neurologists that we that we've worked with and do work with i's got a full medical team i really do think that their key goal is to get his seizures to zero and maintain his quality of life and we have tools that you know, they didn't have in Marcus Aurelius's time, who also has had epilepsy. I mean, you could say has if you believe that like all of time is right now, like that whole shit. I got into that a little bit. It was it's confusing, but it's kind of cool in a back to the future um way. Ask me about it sometime if you're bored. Um, but no, famous people in history have had epilepsy. It's it's a wide spectrum and everybody's journey is different. And so, you know, you get to talking to some of these parents and they're like, yeah, my kid's having 500 seizures a day. And you're like, holy shit. I thought 25 was high. I thought 25 was like, we were going to have to put him in like an institution. He was just going to be perpetually seizuring 24 hours a day. And it's terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. But what's the alternative? And that's the radical acceptance. At least that's how I approach it. And I know a lot of people have different, you know, theories about it. Um, everybody's on their own journey. That's kind of what I've come to conclude. It's like, accept, radically accept the things you can't change. The faster you get there, the less power you give that and the more control you have over your own life and journey. 
Like I am powerless to the universe. And I think being so far removed from nature, we forget that sometimes because we feel like we've supplemented with technology against all of the natural elements. But I assure you, we have not. And I assure you that life can take a drastic turn on a fucking Tuesday. So my advice to myself mostly, but also anybody who's willing to listen to this thing is radical acceptance. If you can't change it, all right, now it's coming with us. Now it's just what we do for right now. And it's not forever. This too shall pass. Um, but it's just, it's, this is the moment and this is what we have to do and we have to do the next right thing and let's just fucking do it. And I think the fatigue comes from the individualization of everything. Like, I feel like I'm on an Island here. I feel like I'm all alone and I get calls and texts and, you know, shit from friends all over the country who are, are wonderful and I love them dearly and they love me, but you know, it's, <laughs> you feel like everybody else is just living their life and it's not their turn and it's my turn. And so then you start thinking about, well, shit, when it's not my turn, what can I do for other people who feel like this? And here's a couple of bullet points that I'm, that I've kind of come to some kind of humorous unintentionally. Um, but like number one, the meal train thing is awesome for the first like seven days of a tragedy, but for like a chronic condition, I wish there were, I like, I would check in with people and be like, can I make you something or coordinate somebody making you something once a month? You know, so there's one day out of the month that you can look forward to where you eat a hot meal that you didn't have to cook, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's a big one. Feeding people, making sure people are, the caretakers are cared for. Um, and then just getting to this point where and my family is like this too. My family lives too far away really to, you know, drop in and help. Abby's family has been tremendous about dropping in and helping and I'm indebted to them forever. But be, like, there's no manual for how to help, you know, like I want to be the guy that comes over and is like, I'm doing your fucking dishes. I'm cooking you some food. You let me take that off your plate. I know how to do that. And so making it okay. How do we get to a place where we make it okay for people to do that? Because we are in such a privacy world, you know, like dad, don't, don't air your dirty laundry. Don't fucking, you know, just soak it up, shut the fuck up, keep your head down, keep going. Nobody cares. And that's not true. It's not true. I've come to find the quite opposite. Everyone cares. People care, but people don't know what to do and how they can help. And so thoughts and prayers gets dogged on a lot by, you know, people who don't believe in that. Um, but I don't know, man. Thoughts and prayers are everything. That's all we got is to think about it. What can we do? How can we help and leave it to the a higher being? If it's out of our control, then it's to the higher being. And I don't answer for higher beings. They're higher. 
that's above my fucking pay grade. But, you know, if we get to the end and there is something, I don't want to be there like, oh, shit, I never even asked. You know, it's like there's two main theories, right? The nebulous swirl of the Big Bang, which collected rocks and became planets and 13.5 billion years old. And then there's the Big Bang that God spoke the universe into existence in seven days allegorically. Both are unquantifiable. Both are equally unknowable. So as far as we know, we just got here. And if you remain curious and keep yourself open to the who, what, why, when, where, it makes for a pretty interesting life. I must say, I think when I shut it off and tried to kind of jump into the driver's seat of my own life, that was the most miserable 15 years of my life. I mean, it was fun. It was exciting in a, in a, in a worldly way at the beginning, but it was very lonely. It was very reckless. Um, it was very selfish. It was very short-sighted. Um, and yeah, I I think that if I can make a commercial for any worldview, I won't narrow it down to anything specifically other than just remain open. Keep yourself open. And that's hard to do. It's hard to do uh, in this world because this world feels out of control and evil sometimes. And, you know, we have, we went from, the news once a night to 24-hour news cycles to these boxes in our pockets that just instantaneously spike our blood pressure and give us anxiety or you know dopamines and pleasure it's it's a dangerous world we live in and we're not equipped for it mentally it's it's psyops it keeps the sheep sheeping um but that's again another conversation for another time for this one i'll leave it at Radical acceptance. What in your life do you need to just radically accept? You know, and like this goes to um, the Lord's Prayer, which I, I've always been kind of fascinated with. So here's a guy who never wrote anything down, never had his picture taken. And became like an idol, ironically, even though he was like, idolatry is wrong. Don't idolize men. You know, I and the father are one. What, what God says, I say, I just want to be a conduit for this, this God who I believe in, who is a radical abolitionist. And so therefore, I'm a radical abolitionist, socialist, anti-establishment um, dude which say that five times fast. But when he's instructing how to pray, he says, our father. So first of all, pause. Our father is everybody. So there's no gatekeeper. There's no, you got to talk to this priest and you got to jerk off this cardinal. And then if you do that, 
maybe you get to talk to the big guy. Like, for example, I was born out of wedlock. My mother and father, my biological father wasn't married to my mother. Um, she wanted to get me baptized in the Catholic church as a baby. They said, no, her best friend had a baby around the same time. Her father, the father of the best friend, the grandfather donated a bunch of folding chairs to the church. Of course, that baby got baptized in the church. So there's no gatekeeper, our father who art in heaven. So that's everybody. Hallowed be thy name just means you are the most holy, most highest good. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven. So what does that mean? May earth reflect heaven. What is heaven? Heaven is an upside down kingdom. The last is first. The poor is the richest. Um, you know, the vulnerable are the most celebrated and cherished. Quite the opposite of our society where the vulnerable are seen as, you know, just dead weight that capitalism has to carry with, you know, handouts and things like that. Um, so it's it's the exact opposite. The currency of heaven is love and, and care. And love your neighbor as yourself. Um, quite the opposite of this world. So thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, with this, this is the this is the radical gospel. God will provide. And I know that is a sin to say in our current society with this idea of if we hoard wealth and land and it becomes capital and it becomes our protection and we're protected because we have money in the bank. We can withstand a $20,000 medical emergency. It gets complicated because we live in a very fallen and broken world, but you have to understand that like this movement at its inception was everybody coming together and pooling their resources and kind of building this like, kibbutz this like heavenly community of insulation from that um which they were all rounded up and killed by the uh emperor pope constantine if you want to know where it got off the rails but um give us this day our daily bread forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us a better word for this is forgive us our betrayals as we forgive those that have betrayed us, it, it's internally. I mean, internally flows to externally, but what you're doing is you're doing the heart work. You're saying, I know that I've betrayed people in my life and I can go back and I can kind of understand that in my, I can forgive myself for that. Because, you know, I was in survival mode. I was apart from the source. I wasn't thinking with my third eye, with my highest self. Community is higher than individual. Um, but then also forgiving those who have betrayed you is just setting it down. You know, you're carrying such a heavy load, depending on your life and your, your life story and your origin, you're carrying these fucking cinder blocks around 
and you're not getting a medal for it. Nobody's looking at that and being like, man, look how fucking cool and tough that guy is for carrying all that trauma. So you just, you go in there and you fucking dig it out and you make peace with it and you forgive it and you set it down. And every once in a while, it'll, you know, they'll say, hey, pick me up again. Remember me? And you just got to set it down. You just got to be like, life is for the living. And this moment is all I have. And the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And that life more abundantly is in this moment. You know <clears throat> that you have a peace that surpasses all understanding. You are making peace with your own past and making peace with those who have wronged you in your past. All of that trauma, you're letting it go. You're, you're bringing it to the truth of the light and releasing it and freeing it. And it's no longer in your control anymore. Now it's radical acceptance. That happened. I've made peace from it. It wasn't my fault, or it was my fault. Um, forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Deliver us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So he didn't ask for any tangible goods. Right. I mean, he said, give us this day our daily bread, you know, feed us, take care of us. We're trusting you. We're taking steps blindly in trust of, of our highest self, our conscience, believing that with reckless abandon, doing what we feel that we're supposed to be doing, quote unquote. I mean, that gets dangerous. I understand. Um, that God, the universe, Allah, whatever you want, whatever term you want to use. I mean, there's no, the vocabulary, there's not a vocabulary test. Um, it will provide, it will cheer you on. It will say, yes, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And it's, and not in a prosperity sense, because welcome back to the show. Good fathers. I'm your host. One of your hosts. Um, filling in right now. Uh, happy to to be here. Happy to be checking in. It is Monday, June twelfth, officially. Um, summer has started for most of us uh, already. So if you're in it, and the kids are, just know it's a marathon, not a sprint, and that's kind of. What I wanted to jump on here and talk about real quick, because I've been messing around with this idea of radical acceptance. And you've probably, you've probably a lot. You've probably heard that a lot in the pseudo spiritual circles. Um, you know, it's very stoic principle of but you know radical acceptance accept what you cannot change radically get there sooner get there faster than it makes sense to because you know that there's nothing you can do to change it so you kind of look at situations 
kind of like a chess player. It's like, okay, they're going to take my rook. Nothing I can do about that. But I need to make these moves over here with things that I can affect and can kind of position myself um, to do. And with, you know, obviously with our son's diagnosis, um, this has been on the forefront of my mind, along with a bunch of other philosophies that I'm trying to kind of mine, see what works, see what fits for me, um, you know, use what I can, lose what I can't. Uh, Buddhism, you know, a lot of people have quoted the Buddha to me, and I'm not against Buddhism. I think there's a lot of beautiful truths in Buddhism, you know, releasing um, the individual and becoming the collective. But, you know, then you look at things like this diagnosis and it's like, is this just the suffering that is inevitable for humanity? There's not a lot of miracle in it. And that's, I think, what brings me back to the mystical, you know, the Kabbalah or the Gnostic mystics is that that wink of the divine. And, you know, it gets murky. It gets troubling when people are like, well, then why do bad things, you know, blah, blah, blah. Bad things happen because bad things fucking happen. I mean, there's there's a physics explanation to it. You know, there's a scientific explanation to everything if we are technologically advanced enough to understand it. So in a hundred years, we might look back and say, you know, epilepsy was a, uh, a parasite in the stomach. And it would make sense. You know, a lot of Chinese medicine believes that, and it would make sense to me because diet affects seizures, uh, and carbohydrates affect seizures. And it's kind of adjacent to ADHD and all these other things. So your gut is your second mind. So let me use this as a commercial. If you grew up in a Christian, you know, evangelical community, you probably heard a lot of times, you know, let no man tell you what you should eat or should drink. And gluttons kind of use that as a cop out to go to fucking Cracker Barrel and bust their belt after Sunday service when they talk about how unchristian homosexuality is which is kind of not kind of it's very hypocritical um but i will say this i'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't eat i am saying that at 45 years old how you treat your body is hugely hugely proportionate to how your body treats you and unfortunately for myself and many many people my age We were never taught the value of nutrition. Nutrition was whoever had the brightest fonts, whoever had the boldest flavors. Um, You know, it was what the $5 could get you on the dollar menu, which was all dog shit and horse food. Um, So now that we're getting a little older, if you're still eating like that, this is your, this is your sign to cut that shit out. Um, Because it, you don't miss it honestly like the shit that i thought was delicious at 19 20 years old now it's so saccharine and such garbage and maybe that's because everything got switched to high fructose corn syrup instead of real sugar but that's another conversation for another time but no so radical acceptance let's get back to it 
so you know we're at a point now in in my son's journey where medicine is questionable to work so the the, the way they categorize it is if he's fully medicated on max doses or close you know large enough doses and he's still having breakthrough seizures then the medicine didn't work um so it's kind of you know six months into it it's kind of looking like medicine alone doesn't protect him especially if he's getting sick he had an ear infection and i think one saturday he had upwards of like 25 seizures that was last weekend um so that gets you to a point where it's like you move from oh maybe this will be the thing where he'll never have a seizure again to radical acceptance like he's going to have seizures we have a plan we can try to mitigate risks with not doing extreme shit i will say he had his first um sidewalk seizure where he just went face first into the ground and you know busted him up in the face and he was bleeding and uh if you saw any pictures on social media of like the last day of school that's what's on that's what's going on under his nose is um my buddy i was talking to him on the phone today and he was like you know you got to tell him to clean up that party last day of school he was getting into the bag um but not the case not that he's opposed to it you know he's a partier he's if he had to pick a ninja turtle he would say he's michelangelo well that's not true he would say i'm michelangelo which is real talk and he would say he's leonardo because he's the leader of everything he's all-time leader he's one of those kids but this radical acceptance you know it's the difference between you take the power away from the externals right you say not if he's going to have a seizure but when what can i control what can i do i can make sure that he's in a safe position I can stay close to him. I can closely monitor him. We can, you know, stay homebound until we can get things under control. If God for, you know, God willing, rather, uh, we can get things under control. You know, this is no price to pay for me. This is, this is just what needs to be done. The radical acceptance of that is like, I'm not missing out on quote-unquote Chicago summertime shy. This is simply a detour in our journey. This is not the summer we were anticipating having, I'll tell you that much, and we mourn and grieve the summer that we wanted to have, but the radical acceptance is that this is where we're at and this is what we're doing, and we have to show up for it every single fucking day, even though we're hopeful that the miraculous can happen but we understand too that we you know we live in a world that the science isn't quite there to explain it yet which is a miracle in and of itself i mean modern science is a miracle a lot of people look at those things as juxtapositions and and i think you know western medicine is is very can be nefarious you know it can be treating symptoms for for money and usually is but i truly believe that the team at lurie's um all the neurologists 
that we that we've worked with and do work with oh, he's got a full medical team i really do think that their key goal is to get his seizures to zero and maintain his quality of life and we have tools that you know they didn't have in marcus aurelius's time who also has had epilepsy i mean you could say has if you believe that like all of time is right now like that whole shit i got into that a little bit it was it's confusing, but it's kind of cool in a back to the future um, way. Ask me about it sometime if you're bored. Um, but no, famous people in history have had epilepsy. It's it's a wide spectrum and everybody's journey is different. And so, you know, you get to talking to some of these parents and they're like, yeah, my kid's having 500 seizures a day. And you're like, holy shit. I thought 25 was high. I thought 25 was like, we were going to have to put him in like an institution. He was just going to be perpetually seizuring 24 hours a day. And it's terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. But what's the alternative? And that's the radical acceptance. At least that's how I approach it. And I know a lot of people have different you know theories about it um everybody's on their own journey that's kind of what i've come to conclude it's like accept radically accept the things you can't change the faster you get there the less power you give that and the more control you have over your own life and journey like i am powerless to the universe and i think being so far removed from nature we forget that sometimes because we feel like we've supplemented with technology against all of the natural elements, but I assure you we have not. And I assure you that life can take a drastic turn on a fucking Tuesday. So my advice to myself mostly, but also anybody who's willing to listen to this thing is radical acceptance. If you can't change it, all right, now it's coming with us. Now it's just what we do for right now. And it's not forever. This too shall pass. Um, but it's just, it, it's, this is the moment and this is what we have to do. And we have to do the next right thing and let's just fucking do it. And I think the fatigue comes from the individualization of everything. Like, I feel like I'm on an Island here. I feel like I'm all alone and I get calls and texts and, you know, ship from friends all over the country who are, are wonderful and I love them dearly and they love me, but you know, it's, you feel like everybody else is just living their life and it's not their turn and it's my turn. And so then you start thinking about, well, shit, when it's not my turn, what can I do for other people who feel like this? And here's a couple of bullet points that I'm, that I've kind of come to some kind of humorous unintentionally. Um, but like number one, the meal train thing is awesome for the first like seven days of a tragedy, but for like a chronic condition, I wish there were, I like, I would check in with people and be like, can I make you something or coordinate somebody making you something once a month? You know, so there's one day out of the month that you can look forward to where you eat a hot, meal that you didn't have to cook, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
So that's a big one. Feeding people, making sure people are, the caretakers are cared for. Um, and then just getting to this point where and my family is like this too. My family lives too far away really to, you know, drop in and help. Abby's family has been tremendous about dropping in and helping and I'm indebted to them forever. But be, like, there's no manual for how to help. You know, like I want to be the guy that comes over and is like, I'm doing your fucking dishes. I'm cooking you some food. You let me take that off your plate. I know how to do that. And so making it okay, how do we get to a place where we make it okay for people to do that? Because we are in such a privacy world you know like dad don't don't air your dirty laundry don't fucking you know just soak it up shut the fuck up keep your head down keep going nobody cares and that's not true it's not true i've come to find the quite opposite everyone cares people care but people don't know what to do and how they can help and so thoughts and prayers gets dogged on a lot by you know people who don't believe in that um but I don't know, man. Thoughts and prayers are everything. That's all we got is to think about it. What can we do? How can we help? And leave it to the a higher being. If it's out of our control, then it's to the higher being. And I don't answer for higher beings. They're higher. That's above my fucking pay grade. But, you know, if we get to the end... And there is something I don't want to be there like, oh, shit, I never even asked. You know, it's like there's two main theories, right? The nebulous swirl of the Big Bang, which collected rocks and became planets and 13.5 billion years old. And then there's the Big Bang that God spoke the universe into existence and seven days allegorically both are unquantifiable both are equally unknowable so as far as we know we just got here and if you remain curious and keep yourself open to the who what why when where it makes for a pretty interesting life i must say i think when i shut it off and tried to kind of jump into the driver's seat of my own life. That was the most miserable 15 years of my life. I mean, it was fun. It was exciting in a, in a, in a worldly way at the beginning, but it was very lonely. It was very reckless. Um, it was very selfish. It was very short-sighted. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, if I can make a commercial for any worldview, I won't narrow it down to anything specifically other than just remain open. Keep yourself open. And that's hard to do. It's hard to do uh, in this world because this world feels out of control and evil sometimes. And, you know, we have, we went from, the news once a night to 24 hour news cycles to these boxes in our pockets that just 
instantaneously spike our blood pressure and give us anxiety or you know dopamines and pleasure it's it's a dangerous world we live in and we're not equipped for it mentally it's it's psyops it keeps the sheep sheeping um but that's again another conversation for another time for this one i'll leave it at radical acceptance what in your life do you need to just radically accept you know and like this goes to um the lord's prayer which i i've always been kind of fascinated with so here's a guy who never wrote anything down never had his picture taken and became like an idol ironically even though he was like idolatry is wrong don't idolize men you know i and the father are one what what god says i say i just want to be a conduit for this this god who i believe in who is radical abolitionist and so therefore i'm a radical abolitionist socialist anti-establishment um dude which say that five times fast but when he's instructing how to pray, he says, our father. So first of all, pause. Our father is everybody. So there's no gatekeeper. There's no, you got to talk to this priest and you got to jerk off this cardinal. And then if you do that, maybe you get to talk to the big guy. Like, for example, I was born out of wedlock. My mother and father, my biological father wasn't married to my mother. Um, she wanted to get me baptized in the Catholic church as a baby. They said, no, her best friend had a baby around the same time. Her father, the father of the best friend, the grandfather donated a bunch of folding chairs to the church course that baby got baptized in the church so there's no gatekeeper our father who are in heaven so that's everybody hallowed be thy name just means you are the most holy most highest good thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so what does that mean may earth reflect heaven what is heaven heaven is an upside down kingdom the last is first the poor is the richest. Um, you know, the vulnerable are the most celebrated and cherished. Quite the opposite of our society, where the vulnerable are seen as, you know, just dead weight that capitalism has to carry with, you know, handouts and things like that. Um, so it's it's the exact opposite. The currency of heaven is love and and care. And love your neighbor as yourself. Um, quite the opposite of this world. So thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, with this, this is the this is the radical gospel. God will provide. And I know that is a sin to say in our current society with this idea of if we hoard wealth, and land and it becomes capital and it becomes our protection and we're protected because we have money in the bank we can withstand a twenty thousand dollar medical emergency 
it gets complicated because we live in a very fallen and broken world. But you have to understand that like this movement at its inception was everybody coming together and pooling their resources and kind of building this like kibbutz, this like heavenly community of insulation from that, um, which they were all rounded up and killed by the uh, Emperor Pope Constantine, if you want to know where it got off the rails. But um, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. A better word for this is forgive us our betrayals as we forgive those that have betrayed us. It, it's internally. I mean, internally flows to externally, but what you're doing is you're doing the heart work. You're saying, I know that I've betrayed people in my life and I can go back and I can kind of understand that in my, I can forgive myself for that because, you know, I was in survival mode. I was apart from the source. I wasn't thinking with my third eye, with my highest self community is higher than individual. Um, but then also forgiving those who have betrayed you is just setting it down. You know, you're carrying such a heavy load, depending on your life and your, your life story and your origin, you're carrying these fucking cinder blocks around and you're not getting a medal for it. Nobody's looking at that and being like, man, look how fucking cool and tough that guy is for carrying all that trauma. So you just, you go in there and you fucking dig it out and you make peace with it and you forgive it and you set it down. And every once in a while, it'll, you know, they'll say, hey, pick me up again. Remember me? And you just got to set it down. You just got to be like, life is for the living. And this moment is all I have. And the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And that life more abundantly is in this moment, you know <clears throat> that you have a peace that surpasses all understanding. You are making peace with your own past and making peace with those who have wronged you in your past. All of that trauma, you're letting it go. You're, you're bringing it to the truth of the light and releasing it and freeing it and it's no longer in your control anymore now it's radical acceptance that happened i've made peace from it it wasn't my fault or it was my fault um forgive us our trespasses we forgive those who trespass against us deliver us not into temptation lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen so he didn't ask for any tangible goods, right? I mean, he said, give us this day our daily bread, you know, feed us, take care of us. We're trusting you. We're taking steps blindly in trust of, of our highest self, our conscience, believing that with reckless abandon, doing what we feel that we're supposed to be doing, quote unquote, I mean, that gets dangerous, I understand, um, that God, the universe, Allah, whatever you want, whatever term you want to use. I mean, there's no, 
vocabulary, there's not a vocabulary test. Um, it will provide, it will cheer you on. It will say, yes, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And it's and not in a prosperity sense because – 